This week is a book review. We are doing The Everything Store, Jeff Bezos and The Age of Amazon, written by Brad Stone. Not only is this obviously going to be a fantastic business book, I mean, we're reading about the story of Amazon. Amazon are just dominating retail at the moment, and Jeff Bezos, one of the greatest business people, business leaders of our generation, the richest, one of the richest people in the world, if not the richest person in the world right now. But this book also holds a place, a special place in my heart because it was bought for me by my girlfriend's brother for Christmas. How did it all start? Well, before Jeff Bezos came out with the idea of creating an online bookstore, which is what an Amazon originally was, that was the start. Before that, he had a job as a researcher and he started researching this new thing called the World Wide Web or the Internet. And he saw the usage of the Internet was just new users were just cropping up all over the place. And this thing was just exploding. And he thought to himself, what sort of business model can I create? to utilize this new tool that we have, the internet. And he's looking at different products to sell. Should I sell computer software, clothes, music? But he eventually thought, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do books. And what you might not know is Jeff Bezos, he's a book guy. He loves his books, he loves reading, and he'll often take a week out or go on holiday or just get away from his businesses and just read as much as he can. Um, Steve Jobs, on the other hand, he was a music guy. So he loved, loved his passion was music, his personal passion. But you've got Jeff Bezos, his personal passion is to read. He loves reading books. And so he decided on books. Book as a product, it's exactly the same um, from one retailer as it is from another. So it's a real, just a commodity that is just the customer knows what they're getting. And so you decide, and it's, there's always going to be new books published. There are millions of different new books, uh, millions of different types of books out there, endless stream of different products. And so Jeff Bezos decided, I'm going to create an online bookstore. You hear Jeff talk about when he's on YouTube and stuff like that is something he calls his regret minimization framework, or as he actually calls it, my regret minimization framework. And it's sort of geeky. Dr. Evil, evil genius sort of way. But what he's talking about there is when he very first had the idea of creating a business on the internet, he had to walk away from a really well-paid job on Wall Street. He had to go and risk everything and borrow money from friends and family to create this business. And that's quite a risky thing to do for him, for someone who was in his position already. But he reasoned that it, within his regret minimization framework, when he's an 80-year-old and on death's door, would he regret not starting an online bookstore? And the answer in his mind was yes. And this is something he always asks himself, within his regret minimization framework when he's coming up with new ideas, would I regret not taking this opportunity when I'm an old and frail man? About reading the start of this book is the fact that we all know that Amazon is today just a giant of a business, but it's great seeing how humble its beginnings were. You know, how it all started, just Jeff, a few of his friends and business colleagues around him, all in one building, just hustling away, trying to build this great website for this new business that they were all really excited about. Uh, there's a nice story of, of how they wanted to in an effort to cut back on costs, Jeff wanted to have a nice big desk, but instead of spending money on a big flashy desk, they just went to the Home Depot and bought a big door and just put four legs on this big door. But that door has now become a sort of symbol for Amazon and Jeff uses the same, uh, same desk today and he says, you know, I can afford a big desk, don't get me wrong, but I like having this door here with the legs in it because it just symbolizes how here at Amazon, we won't waste money on anything because if we start wasting money on things, then we're not giving good value to the customer and so we just minimize on wasting is when coming up with the name Amazon, they originally, Jeff was wanting to call it Relentless. And so if you, they bought the domain name, so if you type in today, you type in www.relentless.com, it will take you to the Amazon homepage. The Amazon have dominated the book, online book sales, and they moved into other product categories, and they're starting to get really, really big. And for a while, eBay, who were also really growing large at this time as an online marketplace, Amazon and eBay were looking at one another, and they were really worried of one another, because they were both competing to dominate online retail and so Jeff Bezos was really looking at eBay thinking shit what are they going to do next I want to dominate online retail and I'm worried that people around the world 
when they think of buying something online, they'll naturally go towards eBay. He said, we've got to launch something called Amazon Auctions, which they launched as a rival of eBay. But what's interesting is it was a complete flop and it just went nowhere. Throughout the book is examples like that of where Jeff Bezos sees a rival and his initial instinct is they're a rival to my online retail empire. I need to compete with them. Whatever they, they're doing, I need to go compete with them. And there's loads more examples of that in the book yet to come. In meetings with the founders of eBay and PayPal and Yahoo and all these big internet companies over in Silicon Valley. And that includes a meeting with the founders of Google, uh, Larry Page and Bryn. And this was in 1998. So Google was just, just starting up and Jeff met up with them. Although it doesn't say he invested, he definitely invested them. It is believed that Jeff Bezos at that point when Google was just starting up, um, invested in Google heavily, probably quite a wise move. Amazon was a public company and its shares were traded in the stock market. They kept getting smashed by this one um, analyst called Ravi Surya. And this Ravi guy kept saying, Amazon's not worth what it's being traded for. It's not a long-term company. It's not a good business. You shouldn't buy their stocks. Anyway, Jeff Bezos naturally thought this guy's a dick. He doesn't understand my business model or my long-term thinking, and he's just illogical. So an in-joke within the Amazon executive team was anyone in the, um, from the finance department, whenever they made a mathematical error, a significant mathematical error of a million dollars or more, they used to call it a Millie Ravi after this analyst who they all thought was completely wrong. I'm reading through the progression of Amazon over the years. An example of that is where it became a platform for sort of third party sellers and how that all originated or how it really took off was actually with Toys R Us. Now, Toys R Us famously initially took the view where they thought we don't need a website I mean how bonkers is that but that's how they thought at the, at, you know the late 90s they thought we don't need a website their first attempt at creating a website was a complete disaster and their share price got smashed because over the Christmas season they couldn't fulfill orders and they didn't have their processes squared away or operating efficiently and they were actually fined by the uh, Federal Trade Commission so for Toys R Us they were just they didn't they couldn't handle the online thing so they started using Amazon to handle all of that for them largely seen as win-win You've got Toys R Us who haven't really got an online presence and can't really fulfill and ship orders very well. So they outsource all of that operation to Amazon. But I think it's a slightly bigger win for Amazon because Amazon now have another product category. So it's just more of a one-stop shop for all customers' needs. They're also learning about a new industry and they're also gathering a huge amount of data. And what you see later on is this is the particular value that Amazon gets from third-party sellers is it really can get a huge amount of data is what is selling well to who and how often and where and if something's selling really really well what Amazon can then do is just cut the third party out and just start selling it themselves a little lesson in this book of how to sort of negotiate and find leverage in any situation and it's where Amazon were dealing with United Parcel Service UPS and they wanted to renegotiate rates with UPS and UPS said to Amazon no we're happy with the price you're paying us we know that if you suddenly switch to a competitor they'd be overwhelmed and they wouldn't be able to handle it so we know that we're your only option really and we're not going to renegotiate rates you could go and use the u.s postal service but that's a, a government funded agency and, and they can't negotiate their rates so we know that we're your only option amazon took this and thought right fuck, they're right if we suddenly switch something to one of their competitors such as fedex fedex would be overwhelmed completely overwhelmed overnight so we can't really do that and ups have sort of got, got us where they want us so what did amazon do they approached FedEx secretively and they said, you know, we, we might want to place a few orders with you. They started sending their uh, Amazon reps over there and integrating the systems, helping lubricate the whole process, placing some small orders, small insignificant numbers of orders with FedEx, but just sort of getting that system flowing so that if FedEx suddenly had a huge number of orders from Amazon, a huge number of boxes and parcels coming through, FedEx could just about manage it. 
So they did all of this over the course of a couple of months and then they went back to UPS and UPS had no idea. They said, Amazon said to UPS, are you sure you don't want to negotiate rates with us? And UPS yet said, yep, we've got you where we want you. We're not renegotiating. And I said, good, let's cut you off then. And overnight, UPS's orders from parcels from Amazon went from millions to nothing overnight. And all of it got switched over to FedEx. And then the day after that, UPS were obviously shitting themselves. Like we've lost our biggest client by far and we fucked up. And what funny old thing, UPS was suddenly willing to renegotiate rates. And after all of that, Amazon could now play FedEx, FedEx and UPS off against each other on price. He's telling here about how Amazon Prime was set up and why it was set up. And the reason behind it being that it, Jeff Bezos really thought that if we can create some sort of club where you need to exchange a certain amount of money to be part of this club, it's a natural human impulse to maximize the benefits of a membership that you've joined. You're not on Prime, maybe you like shopping on Amazon, but you're not on Prime. As soon as you've transferred your money for that Prime membership, you're going to think, right, now that I've paid for that, I'm going to really maximize my value out of it, so I'm going to be shopping on Amazon as much as you can. So he's always thinking, I want to change human behavior. I want to make Amazon the go-to place for every online consumer. Moving on later through the book, it starts talking about AWS or Amazon Web Services, so all that cloud computing and cloud storage and databases and computer power and selling all of that infrastructure. And there's an interesting business philosophy in here. Um, where Jeff Bezos says that in pricing Amazon Web Services, he didn't want to make the Steve Jobs mistake. What he's talking about there is he reckons that Steve Jobs priced the iPhones with such a high profit margin that it attracted competitors. And so what Jeff Bezos was wanting to do with Amazon Web Services is he wanted to price it quite low and not take a huge profit margin. Not because he doesn't want to make money, but he didn't want to attract competition into that market. So it's a real long-term thinking, it's a long-term strategy saying this is a new market I'm going to go in there and dominate it and I'm going to do that quietly because I'm not going to be posting huge profit margins from this service that will just attract competition. I want to just dominate it and no one else will be tempted to compete with off by just talking briefly about Amazon's acquisition strategy of when they want to go and buy a company, what they do to get the best price possible for that company. So in this book, it talks of two examples that stood out to me. One is Zappos, which is the online trainer trading company. And what happened there was Jeff Bezos saw it. He thought, I like the look of that com company. I'm going to buy them. And so they approached Zappos executives and they said, we're going to buy you out. And Zappos were like, no, nah, we, we don't feel like that. We, we think we're all right without you buying, buying us. And Jeff Bezos was like, no, I want to buy you out. I'm going to buy your company. So Zappos said, no, they declined. So what did Jeff Bezos do in Amazon? Amazon started competing with Zappos so ferociously that it really Im impacted on the sales of the, at the Zappos store. Amazon was selling trainers for rock bottom prices. And after a while, Zappos saw this and Amazon approached them again and said, you know, do you want to carry on competing? Because we've got the time and money behind us to just wear you down. And actually, now that we want to buy you, your only option is to sell to us. It's sort of like an offer too good to refuse in, in Godfather fashion. And there's another example here. So they bought Zappos and they did exactly the same with a company called diapers.com and this was just a good online company it was found by a department within amazon called the competitive intelligence and these are people within amazon who they just keep their ear to the ground and they're looking for cool online companies who are doing really well and they found this company called diapers.com and this they would just mail diapers to uh, new uh, mothers with newborn babies if they haven't got time to go to the store and buy some uh, diapers or nappies this company would just mail them automatically every week they'd mail a few diapers and it was doing really well it was really taking off so Bezos saw this and thought I'll have you as well I'll buy you as well and usual story same with Zappos they approached them diapers.com said no Amazon suddenly started selling diapers off the Amazon website for rock bottom prices Amazon were making such a huge loss by selling the diapers for so cheap that they could have lost 
I think it says something here like they were due to, to lose, um, you know, a hundred million dollars per year on diapers if they carried on just selling the diapers rock bottom prices. So they were breaking diapers.com down, really impacting on their sales. And then they offered them again. They said, you know, do you want to keep going and keep battling against us or do you just want to sell us your company? And so obviously diapers.com then said, all right, yeah, fuck it. You can you can buy it off us. Now that 100 million or 200 million or 300 million that Amazon were due to lose by selling diapers for such a low price on their website, you've got to think that that pales an insignificant. If it means that they can save 600 or 800 million dollars when acquiring the new company, then it's money well spent. What struck me about this book and to sum up is that it was never just one thing that made Amazon what they are today. It was never just one period of time or one event or one major victory which made them what they are today. It was just a series of victories. They made the website great. They made they conquered the online book sales. They created their fulfillment centers, made them run really, really efficiently. They became a platform for third parties to sell from Amazon. Then they started selling toys. They invented Prime. They invented one-click purchases. Um, their share price went through the roof. Jeff Bezos has invented, invested in Google. You've got Kindles. You've got the growth at all cost strategy. You've got Amazon Web Services and cloud computing. You've got this Amazon putting Amazon lockers up in places. And you've got this tagline, the everything store of what they're becoming today. Let's not forget there were failures along the way too. There was the auction site that they've created to try and rival with eBay. There was a, a scheme called Mechanical Turk, which uh, was basically a facility where you could outsource all of your sort of boring, monotonous online jobs to people in other parts of the world and that was a real flop there was a amazon mp3 store which they were trying to rival with the itunes and that didn't happen either and there's many more but let's not forget one of bezos's famous phrases and what he attributes a lot of his success with amazon to is his long-term thinking he says long-term thinking it's about long-term thinking and it's about a willingness to fail and to be misunderstood